Well, happy Easter, everyone. I'm imagining all of you in your own homes, uh, hopefully having celebrated with a good breakfast this morning. Uh, maybe Pascha uh, with that rich icing. Uh, this uh, Russian Mennonite Easter bread uh, is not our own family tradition, but I've always enjoyed it at our church potlucks. And I've thought that um, people should make it a little bit flatter, you know, because um, after you eat the top part with all the icing, there's too much plain bread left. Uh, hopefully next year, God willing, we'll be enjoying it together at church on Easter morning. Well, one year ago in my uh, homily, I said, I think this will be an Easter to remember. I was thinking it would be the only one we'd have to celebrate apart. But here we are again. Uh, life is full of surprises. Who would have known? And what will Easter be like next year? It's really hard to say. Well, the empty tomb was a big surprise as well. Um, the friends of Jesus had gone there early in the morning to anoint his dead body with oil and spices, expecting it to be there. And they were shocked when it was gone. What happened to it? Was it stolen, perhaps? Um, but by who? There was a large stone protecting the opening. Something very strange happened. And then they started having paranormal-type experiences, um, mystical, physical-like encounters with him, where he looked sort of the same, but not completely the same, but they knew it was him. And their sorrow, genuine sorrow, turned to joy. It was a great reversal. What had looked like a colossal failure had turned into a new source of hope. And the joyous surprise has continued to be celebrated from that day every year since. In medieval times, they celebrated Easter by telling jokes and by playing practical jokes. Uh, the pranks were done in honor of what they understood as the divine prank, the great divine joke that God had played on the devil that day. This is how some of the early Christian uh, theologians understood the death and resurrection of Jesus. I'm thinking of um, the early theologian Origen of Alexandria. Origen explained that with Adam and Eve's fall from grace in the garden, that um, humanity had been handed over, so to speak, to the devil. And all people who came after Adam and Eve, their children and their children's children, would be under the devil's spell. And Origen said that the devil held humanity captive up until the death and resurrection of Jesus. The devil has a power, and in order for humanity to be liberated, the devil had to be dealt with in some way. Since he owned us, reasoned Origen, he had to be paid a ransom, sort of like what you have to pay a kidnapper when they take you hostage. 
And so in his theology, Origen referred to these verses in Matthew and Mark, where it says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so Origen said, Jesus, as God's only begotten Son, gave his life to pay the ransom for humanity to the devil. And the devil was satisfied, thinking that he had exacted a very high price. And now with Jesus in his grasp, he could free humanity from that contract signed by Adam and Eve. But he was tricked. Jesus broke the power of death and rose to new life. The devil couldn't hold him. The possibility of resurrection was the one surprise the devil had not considered. Now here he was, his prized prisoner had escaped and humanity was no longer in his grasp. Damn it all, he said, I've been had. St. Gregory of Nyssa, a fourth century uh, theologian, explained the atonement in similar ways. In an Easter homily uh, that he called the three-day period of the resurrection of Christ, he said that Jesus purposefully uh, concealed his real identity from the devil when he died. So Satan thought that Jesus was just another Jewish prophet, another dead Jewish prophet. And so he swallowed the bait and he took Jesus down into his infernal abode of hell. Big mistake, said Gregory, because once Jesus was down there, the truth was revealed and he let his light shine and saved all of the souls in hell. The trick meant that Satan had inadvertently destroyed his own kingdom and God had the last laugh. Well, it was, it was these sorts of atonement theories based on this divine trickery that became the, the uh, source of all sorts of jokes and pranks um, in medieval times during Easter. Um, in some of the medieval towns, the Easter celebration went on for a few days after Easter Sunday. Um, and there's stories of, in good humor, the men tying up the women and demanding a kiss before they were released. But then the next day, uh, the women tied up the men. And instead of a kiss, they demanded money uh, to release them. And the money would go into the parish funds. And one of the things the priests would do would be to tell a joke in their Easter sermon to get a laugh from the congregation. And that's where the title of my uh, homily comes from this morning, Risus Pascalis. Um, which means in Latin, the Easter laugh. So the old medieval favorite was, um, what did the Lord say to Moses when he got tired of his complaining? Take two tablets, tie your ass to a tree and get thee up the mountain. Well, since it's... uh, Easter, I have a few more this morning um, for our current conditions of COVID. And this is not to deny the seriousness of the situation. Um, 
so don't take it that way. It's just sometimes it's good to laugh, and especially on Easter. First time in history we can save humanity by lying on the couch and doing absolutely nothing. Let's not screw this up. Well, in Germany, they prepared for the crisis by stocking up on sausage and cheese. Those Germans always preparing for the worst Kesa scenario. Ah. <sighs> Day 376 at home. And the dog is looking at me like, do you get it now? This is why I chew the furniture. The World Health Organization um, recently announced that dogs can neither contract nor pass on the COVID-19 virus. All dogs previously held in quarantine will now be released. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> um, my husband recently purchased a world map, handed me a dart and said, throw this. Wherever it lands, that's where I'm taking you after the pandemic ends. Well, it looks like we'll be spending two weeks behind the fridge. And one final one. The pandemic hit and there was a run on toilet paper. And wouldn't you know it, we ran out. So I started using lettuce leaves. Today is just the tip of the iceberg. Tomorrow remains to be seen. Well, that's all I've got uh, for this year at least. As I was saying last week, the Jesus events, his passion, his death and resurrection have not seemed to alter the world in dramatic ways. But it's actually a difficult thing to assess. We don't know what history would have been like without the spirit of Jesus. And we do not know what will yet come. Human beings have been around for some 300,000 years. Ours is a very long story. With Jesus' resurrection, a light has been kindled that can never successfully be extinguished. A subversive fire has been set in the world, in the universe. A seed has been planted. The powers of evil will never be able to achieve complete dominance. The powers of oppression and malice know somewhere deep down that they've been defeated. A seed of hope has been planted and there are signs, subtle signs, all around that this power will ultimately prevail. It's the power of truth and love. So today, let us bask in this power and in this joy. And let uh, us allow it to grow within us 
to blossom within us for the blessing of the whole world. Happy Easter. Amen.